When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to another brand new TAT pod. I'm your host, Ben, and today I am joined by a very familiar face. If you're uh, involved with the Liverpool Twitter sphere, it's Tom Little. How are you doing, my friend? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. Um... I I couldn't be much better after watching that. I could not be much better. That was about as good a win as you can get. Mm, absolutely. Uh, just before we start, I do apologise if um, my voice plays up today um, or if you see me stick this up my nose. I'm not doing drugs. I am ill. Um, I did lose my voice for a little bit and then the Reds decided to go and win the game. Um, so my voice is just... It's, 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 it's non-existent at this point, but I'm, the show must go on. I said to the lads, I'm not missing this podcast for anything. Um, there will be some others coming on as well um, in just a little while. Um, so, yeah, before they come on, let's get into the comments. Big up, TAT. It's been a while. Says, Dion, how you doing, my friend? Uh, Braxton Khan says, hi, hello, mate. And Luke says, evening, lads. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well, uh, Luke, to be fair. It's, it's got a lot worse. Um, so you could say it's uh, it's going pretty well. And Dion just says, what a win, man. Absolutely. Listen, Tom, first thing I'm going to say to you before we get into the lineup and uh, your thoughts on the Jurgen Klopp starting 11. Um, no Virgil. No Salah, no Soboslai, no Robertson, no Thiago, no Basetic, no Simikas. I don't know if I miss anyone. But no no endo. problem for Liverpool, mate. No Endo, of course. How can I forget? How can I forget? That's absolute blasphemy to forget him. Um, but no problem for Liverpool, mate. No. Um, I, we, we went there. T- tough away ground, obviously. You know, they, they think they're a, a side that's going to be right up the top this year. Rodar look a little bit in the first half. I don't think it's as bad as people are making out because in the end of it, a lot of our defenders block the shots. It's not luck blocking shots. It takes skill, takes defending skill. So so the, when they hit the bar, that, that you know, you look a little bit there, but the rest of it was good defending. Second half, they were struggling. They were panicking. The Reds kept the Reds. The Reds showed their experience. End of the game, came up with the big moments. And I thought the big thing that I'm sure we'll touch on what he's got right so many times this year is in-game management and his substitutions were exceptional again. Absolutely faultless Absolutely. again. The, you know, uh, the big one for me, which, it you know, he, he's had a bit of stick recently and I've been giving him a little because I know there's another level in it. Ryan Gravenberch, I thought he was fantastic when he came on stay. A real good defensively, gave us a big drive going forwards, showed a bit of quality under pressure, you know, done exactly what I could ask for from a substitute coming on, the sub- and then the young kids who come on, Bobby Clark, they're exactly the right mm. thing when he needs to and get that yellow. 
Uh, Connor Bradley, exceptional up against Martinelli. You know, one of the best wingers in the league. Didn't look like that today. No, 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 you know, woodies, no qualms, no anything you want to say. Absolutely nothing because that was a fantastic performance from the Reds and especially that defence today. Especially that defence. Absolutely. I agree with everything you've just said. And uh, we're just speaking off air, wasn't we, about um, the whole sort of downplaying the cup and there was a bit of this on social media in the week you know a lot of people were suggesting uh you know we got a semi-final on wednesday i'm not too fussed about this because if we lose to arsenal in the cup in the first round then people will be like i don't really care i love the fa cup and let me tell you now when when i I had the joy of going to the semi-final at Wembley with my brother to beat man city that was one of the best days of being a liverpool fan so i always every time the fa cup comes around i want to i want to win it and we have the squad to win it. It's just at the moment, we've got a lot of players injured and that didn't seem to bother us today. Uh, we had 14, I said this uh, um, in a space. If you include Cueven Callagher in that, that's 14 um, senior players in the squad today. The rest were like Trey Nionis and Connor Bradleys and Bobby Clarks, all good players in their own merit. But when you go into the Emirates, you know, this team are supposedly on the up and Arteta supposedly a top manager now and, you know, you've got Arsenal away in the first the first game of the FA Cup. I I wasn't expecting to blow them away today, and we didn't. But I was expecting to be very tough. I was prepared to go out, and if we did go out, I, of course I'd be gutted. But I wasn't ever thinking, you know what? Let's rotate and let's just not care if we lose. I wanted to win today, and I'm so glad that Jurgen shared the same energy because this manager knows this trophy's up for grabs this season, and this manager knows we have the team good enough to win not one, not two, not three, but all of them. Why not? Why not? We're, we're in all of them. It's January. Why not go for all of them? And that's what we did today. That lineup speaks for itself. Um, obviously, Virgil is ill. I don't know if he is. I, I believe they've told him to put his feet up at home. I mean, Klopp said the brilliant thing in in the post match about him. I seen it, yeah. <laughs> but that that was brilliant. Honest to God, you could tell he loved it today, Klopp as well, because he, yeah, he even though he missed Klopp... the chances, he was he had a massive grin on his face. He was celebrating, you know that he could, this meant a lot to him today as well. Absolutely, and I, I believe the quote you're on about Tom is uh, it takes a lot for Virgil to look shit. Uh, but he came in and he, he didn't look good so much at home. He might be ill, he might not be ill, whatever, but Klopp has said they expect Virgil to be back for Wednesday. Um, but big, 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 big testament to these two boys, Gerald Kwanzaa and Ibu Kanate. We'll get into them in a bit more depth, but it was a huge, huge task for them today, wasn't it, Tom? Oh, massive, massive. Arsenal, look, we know Arsenal haven't been in the best of form from the goal, but we are told that Saka is one of the best wingers, uh, Martin is one of the best wingers. Habits is you know we one of the better than Saba Slice and wise is away at the M. It's always going to be a tough task. I think it's like the third time they've played together at the back. Might be the second. I, I just remember the USG game that sticks in my head. There might have been another one, you know, pre or pre, pre that one. But they looked brilliant at the back today. You know. We'll, we, we tried to play out from the back a lot in the first half, so we got to see the ball-playing capabilities and bar a couple of hiccups, which are always going to happen. We've had them in the past with Virgil, you know, who, who is one of the best ball players. Brilliant. Dealt with everything in the air, on the ground. Locked up Saka, locked up Havertz, locked up Odegaard, locked up Nelson, locked up Martinelli, locked up Nketiel. Oh, that doesn't take it. That's not what he has to do, the Nketiel <laughs> one. Um, 
they, they were faultless and rightly so. I mean, I personally would give man of the match to Quanta, but you, I'm not bothered that Canati's got it. If any, it suits the narrative a little bit more that Canati's went to Saliba's home ground, dunked on his head, yeah. actually won the game and got man of the match. Absolutely. Absolutely spot on. Um, and just on Ibu Kanate as well, I just done a tweet. Carlsberg must absolutely be fuming right now because Salah's been getting man of the match every week, week in, week out. Carlsberg, I thought, you know what? He's gone now. Maybe, you know, Diaz will get man of the match now or one of the other players. No, Kanate just thought, you know what? I'm going to get man of the match. And yet again, they can't put Carls. Well, they can. They chose not to because it was a really class move from the club, to be fair. Um, really mm-hmm. respecting their religion. So um, they definitely deserve props for that. But again, it was a, a player of um, <laughs> of the same religion that got man of the match. They just can't escape from uh, from those guys at the minute. But Canati was absolutely sensational today. And similarly to the league game, he was the best, uh, the best French centre-back on display. And... You know, it's just brilliant seeing these boys play that way without Virgil van Dijk because I'm not going to lie, and I'm worried for when Virgil van Dijk decides to call it a day because he is the captain, he is the leader. He, you know, you can see the way he commands his defence. Um, and th- when he's not there, you do see it. You do see a little dip. Um, but these boys today, especially Canate, what a performance. And obviously, Trent Alexander-Arnold makes up the back four as well, and he was absolutely different grave. And we'll probably get on to him as well in a bit more depth. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the lineup I was um, more than happy with. I, I I did probably want Jota to start, but then when I saw he wasn't starting, I just immediately thought, what a, what a player that is to bring on later in the game. Uh-huh. Uh, if it, it's level, or even if we've got to go up to freshen things up. Um, and again, he came on and he was brilliant. Um, and the rest of the team, you know, we, we've got, Options. Well, we didn't have options, but out of the options we did have, I think they were the best ones to come on and play. As you can see, this is what I was alluding to here. The only other players were uh, Chambers, Gordon, Pelleher, McConnell, Trey Nione, who's obviously never kicked a ball for the club yet. Um, so it, it did kind of pick itself. And I'm going to go to Mike because he has just came into the building. I don't know if you're ready, Mike, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you, are, you are now. I'm here for uh, I'm here for yeah, we were just talking about the lineup, mate. We, we've only really spoken about the defense so far. So, do you, do you want to have an input on on that before we move on? Um, yeah. First and foremost, I hope the audio is all right. I've been trying to get my laptop to work, but unfortunately, the MacBook is against me today, so I'm on my phone. So, is the audio okay? It's fine, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's all right, calm, calm. Uh, in terms of the lineup, uh, I was quite happy when I seen it. Uh, it wasn't the shape I was expecting when I seen it on the pitch. Uh, however, that was altered in the second half to what I was I was hoping for. So. But yeah, no, overall, I think it was the best 11 we could have put out for the day. And, you know, I'd rather us go strong because I want us to win every competition. So I wasn't I wasn't upset by the lineup. Thoughts on Ibu, just quickly, because that's who we've just spoken about. Oh, it, oh unbelievable. Unbelievable. Best centre-back in France. Uh, we have someone that can almost be a successor to Canate within, uh, sorry, to Van Dijk within the squad in terms of leadership, which is really good to see him taking on. And my only, uh, my only worry about him will always be injury. So... I'm just hoping that those injuries are behind him. And if they are, then we have that next leader to step in for when Van Dijk eventually does part. Absolutely spot on. Um, now moving on to the midfield, obviously it was Jones, McAllister and Elliot. And Mike, I'm going to stick with you because I know you're a, a massive advocate for Alexis McAllister and you believe out yeah. of the midfielders we brought into the club, he's been the best one. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, what did you make of his performance? He seemed to struggle a little bit at yeah. times. Yeah, definitely. Listen, I think there's a lack of match sharpness. Uh, that yeah. was very, you know, that's that's what that was really for me. 
also, I don't think uh, the movement around him or with himself as well was brilliant when we were in possession. Uh, Arsenal's press was fantastic in the first half, but I don't think we helped ourselves. I don't think we gave our uh, centre-backs specifically enough options when they were on the ball, which is why I think Kwanzaa, in hindsight, struggled uh, in the first half at times when being on the ball. Same with Canate uh, and uh, Gomez. But it's just match fitness. It's just match sharpness. I, I think he starts again against Fulham. That's why he was brought off as early as he was. Just a couple of games by Bournemouth. I expect to see the McAllister that we know is McAllister. I still, I still stand by my my uh, point. You know, I still believe he was our best signing of the summer. I really do. And uh, yeah, be good, to, good to see how he uh, gets on now. The injuries, injuries behind him. Absolutely. Um, and the other two, Tom, just coming back to you was um, Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott and. We were just speaking uh, just before we started about that little incident with Jones and uh, Ben White, and I was absolutely astounded that Ben White wasn't shown the yellow card there. Um, but again, I thought it was a very decent performance from Curtis Jones. Uh, Harvey Elliott, I, I think, wasn't involved as much as I'd have hoped for, but um, in terms of what we had available, uh, that's probably the best midfield we could have gone with, isn't it, today? Um, yeah, based on the fact that I don't think Graven Bitch is ready for full 90s at the minute, yeah. Uh, Elliot in the midfield is probably the way to go. Jones does the simple things right. Jones keeps teams ticking over, and that's what you need, especially when you're losing key players who help you. You need the simplicity of Curtis Jones. He's making correct decisions a lot more often now, which is a big help. Harvey didn't really get into the game, but I feel that's as a result of, in the first half, having Gakpo as the central midfielder behind him, who was trying to figure out his role on the side. And we also just sort of had to go direct because we were running into issues dealing with their press. We sort of just went, Trent, you have to go direct, go to Nunes, go to up to Diaz, etc. And the game just sort of bypassed Harvey. When he got on the ball, I thought he was bright, put in some good deliveries. But it's certainly not a bad performance from him. It just wasn't a performance where he had much to do. But he'd done everything he needed to do. Fine. Absolutely. Shy says you never walk alone. And uh, Luke says Jones again showing his class again this season. And Mike, this is um something we've spoken about a lot on this um on this channel. You know, Curtis Jones has, has faced a lot of unwarranted, and I will say that, criticism from a lot of people. And Tom, I know you've had your fair share of it on other channels as well. Um, so it's just really good, isn't it, to see Curtis Jones absolutely shutting the mouths of some people on um on you know on social media and YouTube and all of that because I'm not saying he was like he, he wasn't you know anything special today but every time he plays at the minute he is showing that he's a part of this team and you know no one's saying he has to go and be world class if he does become world class then that's absolutely fantastic but he's showing that he's good enough and he's here and he's an option and when we you know don't have certain midfielders or even if we do have certain midfielders. If he's playing well enough, he started in this team. Yeah, definitely. Listen, I've been in those spaces where when I first joined uh, that little community on Twitter, uh, I was in those spaces where Tom was adamantly defending Jones. And that was my first introduction to Tom, actually, was him defending <laughs> Jones in spaces. And I must admit, I was like, fair play, this guy must see something I don't. And, uh, you know, I, he did. And I think, I think a lot of people did. I, I loved Jones when he first started uh, coming through. I must admit, up until you're talking, what was it, end of March last season, I'd become disillusioned with him. I thought he'd be never be anything more than a squad player for us, mainly because I just I never thought, one, he'd get the run of games, and two, we'd find a position that was right for him. Because in the old system, I don't think it suited him. Uh, I don't. But in this new system that we've developed, he's it feels like he's almost like this integral part of it, the way he plays on the left-hand side. 
Um, and when he's not present in the midfield, it's clear. Uh, so, listen, I, I couldn't be happier for, for him. You know, it's always great to have another scouser in the team as well. Um, you know, that's obviously just a, a, something that the, the City loves anyway. Um, and, yeah, like, listen, today he put in a solid performance again. Um, I must admit, I thought Gravenberg, when he came on, put in a really good performance as well. Yeah. I, was really, I, was happily, uh, I was happy to see that from him because I, I'm a big big fan of Gravenberg and I, I know it's going to take a long time for us to really see the best parts of him, mainly because it's fitness. But, uh yeah, no, it was it was great. It was a good display from Jones in the second half. In the first half, he was definitely one of the better players in what was uh, quite a poor performance in the first half. But there you go. Absolutely, and uh, Rory says it, and this is absolutely spot on. Thought we were dominated in the first half, but but um, sec but second half much better. And again, this is something that we have seen on a few occasions this this season with Liverpool. You know, we've not started great. You know, the other teams had chances. But this is the problem with other teams. If you get those chances against Liverpool, you have to take them because it's mm. not Liverpool are never going to be that bad over 90 minutes. It doesn't happen, especially this yep. season. Uh, last season, maybe. But this season, we are going to come to live at some point. We are going to have periods of the game where we do dominate and we do start creating chances. And Arsenal just didn't take anything today. Any of their chances in the first half. There was that one where they, they hit the bar, then they had a rebound, then they had another rebound. Um there was one where um, I think Gabriel's gone to header it and Saka, I think that might have been the second half, actually screams, leave it, and then he blasts it over the bar. It was just poor uh, finishing from Arsenal. They don't have a gunman. They don't have a natural goal scorer. And this this is one of their problems. I will say one of their problems because I think they've got a lot, but this is one of their main problems. They don't have any natural goal scorers. They don't have that killer instinct in front of goal. And unfortunately, when you're playing against this Liverpool side, and you don't take those chances, we are going to have chances in the second half and we are going to take them. And it sometimes takes Liverpool 45 minutes to to wake up and to, you know, think, you know what, we're in this game now. Let's go and take it. And Tom, why, why do you think that is? Is that planned? Do you think Liverpool sort of like to sit back at the minute and let the, the opposition just come out and still maybe, you know, tie them out or maybe mentally think, oh, this isn't going to be our day. And then we pounce on the second half. Or do you think it's just a case of, Liverpool just not playing well in the first 45 minutes in general. Or, yeah, what's your thinking behind that? I think in certain games, it's trying to draw them out. I think in certain games, it, I, I don't think there's a 100% tactical reason behind it. I think a lot of games where we started poorly, we've had chances to take the lead and then we just go behind first. I don't like the narrative that we start most games poorly because we batter teams, then just can see the crap goal. doesn't necessarily mean a poor start. It just means a poor moment. Today was a poor start, all things considered. But I think it was just us trying to figure out how this team, this makeshift team, can hurt Arsenal. We figured it out, but in, you know, at the end of the first half. Second half, you saw massive wholesale changes. And we started to really hurt them. We started to get into the game. We started to cause all sorts of problems directly from them changes. I think today was just a bit sort of keeping them at arm's length, making them, trying to figure out what they're going to do, trying to figure out where they're going to expose themselves and then just attacking them weaknesses, which is very good management. So all things considered, it's very good management, which I think Klopp deserves a lot of credit for. Absolutely, 100%. And I, I think that's key. I think... You know, a lot of people over the years have like gone on about his in-game management and him changing the games. I've always thought it's been, you know, overstated by some people. He's, you know, I just generally think a lot of the times he's not really had good enough options to change games. Now, when everyone's fit, he does have those options and he can make the changes. Um, 
one player I want to talk to you to about um Mike, just that someone's mentioned in the comments. Another player that's been getting critics over the last few weeks, maybe a month or so. Um, I'm big up Dr. Verdeloga. I don't know. Sorry, mate. I don't want to butcher your name. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, Luis Diaz, uh, he's been the victim of a lot of criticism over the last few weeks. And obviously, he's had a lot going on, which we all know. So there's no need to delve straight into that. Yeah. Um, but the last couple of games, mate, especially today, he's looked like a breath of fresh air and like the like I'm just going to call you the doctor if that's okay uh, I'm not saying like you're the doctor from doctor or anything like I'm just going to call you the doctor um, he's, he makes the point where Diaz looked good on the right today and do you think that's something that we're going to continue to see um, until Salah's back because I was certain and I think even Klopp mentioned it in pre in pre-match uh, conference that it'd be Elliot on the right obviously Elliot goes off Diaz is on the right and he looks incredible so yeah mm. do you think that's the solution until Salah's back um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think my initial reaction after the game, I was like, "Yeah, yes, definitely. That's that's the fifth. I I don't think that's something we're going to stick with. I think you'll see Elliot start on the right against Fulham uh, on Wednesday. I do. Uh, I like I like Diaz, and he, you know, he, you know, in terms of his form this season, obviously we've the personal fact, things factored in. It's, it's it's not been ideal. I just I've, I've my gut tells me I I don't see. Uh, Diaz as part of the long-term plan at the moment. I don't. It doesn't feel like that for me when he plays. Um, yeah, I'm just. I thought he played well. Um, I thought I thought he played well, and it was in the last two games he's he's played very well. But I, I uh, no, I think Elliot starts on the right uh, on Wednesday and probably going forward until Salah comes back. And maybe that maybe that's not the best response to that question. But um, no. I, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I know it's probably not the best response, but uh, no, it's fine. I know listen, he's, he's a good player. But I just, I, I, I don't. I, the more I watch him, the less, the less I'm convinced of him. Even when he's played well. So even today, I was watching him, and I was like, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I don't see it at the moment with him. And I, I, I might be in the minority with that. But uh, it was a good performance today, and you know, I think he starts on the left, maybe. Uh, not even then, actually. I think Nuno starts on the left against Fulham, and I think he'll probably see Jota down the middle. Um, that's all. I, I don't really have anything more to add to that. I apologise. It's not really the best response there, Tom. What do you think on Diaz? Um, Diaz is a he's had a bit of an in and out season. I think his best role at the minute is as a creator more so. I know he scored today, but when he's operating a little bit of a deeper area and he's got a little bit more time to pick up the ball and start driving, get his head up see more of what he can provide. I think he's been better the last couple of weeks, but when you've got an attack that is so competitive, to be as inconsistent as Diaz has been is always going to be a detriment. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him start against Fulham. And to be honest, I wouldn't be shocked to see um, Harvey start in midfield against Fulham even though I don't necessarily think that's the way forward. I think Harvey is better on the right, just because of the impact that Diaz had later on in the game. But in terms of a long-term future at Liverpool, I don't think I know where his position would be for that long-term future. Yeah, I agree with that. That's that, that's the part with it that I just don't know. Where would, it, where, where would I play him long-term? Because I don't he, doesn't, think he doesn't feel like a starter, does he? He doesn't feel like a starter. 
No, but in the same breath, I don't. I think the only guaranteed starter I feel like in our attack is Salah. At the minute, I think Jota's in there as well. I certainly can't pick between the third one. I couldn't tell you who's the guaranteed starter, oh, Nunes, Gakpo or Diaz. But yeah. there's not been m- many points this season where I've went, Diaz is a guaranteed starter. Mm. And that's got to be the interesting part. I'm sure he can figure it out. He's shown me in the past that the level he can reach. Whether mm. that level is still attainable remains to be seen. But if he gets back to that level, then he does become a regular starter again and he, he has to be one of the first things on the team sheet and we're inching closer to something that resembles that it's just are we going to get the before a Nunes or a Gakpo the sides all right let me pull let, let, let me sort myself out and take that spot off yet again yeah I, I agree and listen it's great to have the squad depth that we do but I don't think the squad depth we have in the front line is sustainable long term purely because of how good they all are individually none of them are going to settle to be squad players um, or rotation. So I love that this season is a very rare season in terms of the depth we have in the front line, and I don't think it's something that we can sustain. Jota should be starting. You could argue that Nunes should be starting at some at some level. You could argue Gakpo could be. They're all great players. Well, good good to great players that have the potential to be great, rather. Um, and I think they may individually look at this, one or two of them, and go, if I'm not getting more consistent game time, I, I might look to move on. I think... I think if I'm picking out of that front lot at the moment, if I need to move one on to fund whatever, it probably would be Diaz at this point. Gakpo still has a lot to show, and I actually think Gakpo's shown the least out of the front line, but I also think he's been given the least opportunity to show it. So, but yeah. I think Gakpo, like you say, is, um, it's an interesting one because he's the one that, um, unfortunately, because he, he's quite good at football, he, he, he has to play multiple <laughs> roles. Um, yeah. And that's um, that's just because of his natural ability. And that moment where Trent hits the bar, it w- if if Trent scores, we're not only looking at a world class finish from Trent, you're also looking at an incredible movement from Gakpo. Um, I like them all. I, I I hear what you're saying, Mike. Um, that you know, eventually three of them, well, Salah plus two of them are going to be fighting, and they're going to be like, you know what, I want to start. I'm good enough. I'm better than this guy or whatever. Um, mm. I always do, as a selfish Liverpool fan, think back to when we, you know, and I always have to say this before I mention their names, respect them in different ways, but Divock Origi and Takimi Namino just weren't good enough to... Yeah, you know, I agree. If, um, if Salah wasn't available or whatever to, to start consistent in a game. So from the team's perspective, the squad depth is incredible up front, but I, I 100% hear what you're saying. The, there's surely going to be a time where Luis Diaz wants to play consistently and Gakpo wants to play consistently and Nunes wants to play consistently. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to, to keep them all happy. But for now, um, you know, uh, I, I think Klopp is, is juggling the team around the best he can. I think yeah. he has done incredible this season in, in rotating the squad and letting people play here and there. And again, I just think it's something that he he deserves tremendous credit for. Um, what did what did we think of uh, Darwin Nunes? Just touching on him, Tom, because I, I, again, I, I, you know what? As soon as I see Nunes miss a chance, and it might not even be like a a, a chance on a plate, I, the first thing I think at the minute is he's just going to be like slaughtered on social media for for that. And it's like if anybody else has that opportunity, they're not going to get that same treatment. I, I know Darwin should be scoring more goals. I'm not disputing that. I 100% agree. By now, Darwin Nunes, with the chances he's had, he should be on 15 goals minimum. Um, so I'm not excusing him for not scoring. But today, I didn't really see any 
not maybe one or two chances where I think, you know what, he's probably going to do better there. Um, I actually think at the minute his all-round game is a lot better. There's there's few things he could sharpen up on. I think that pass to Luis Diaz, uh, I would have just ran. I was screaming at him to run to goal because he's the number nine. He's fast. He's, he's quicker than any of their defenders. I think he should have been more selfish and ran at goal. But yeah, what did you think of Darwin's performance today, mate? I think that there needs to be a agreement in the fan base that we have misprofiled the player that we bought. We all thought we were going to get this 30-goal-a-season striker. I don't think he's ever going to be that 30-goal-a-season striker. <laughs> but that's fine, because I never thought I'd get this level of creativity out of him. If he ends seasons with 15 goals, 15 assists, that's as good as ending seasons with 30 goals. It is, and and it gives us something else because we can afford that because he's never going to be scoring option number one while Salah is here, and just as a better finisher than him, just as a better finisher than most strikers in the Premier League. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Could he do with scoring more? Hundred percent. But I like the impact he's having in games. Um, I thought Ben White didn't want to deal with him in that second half. He just kept backing off. Any aerial duel, Nunes won it. Any physical duel, Nunes won it. The pass to Diaz is just one of those ones where on another day it comes off. You know, it. It. I get why people get annoyed when they say it, but with Nunes, a lot of it is just luck. Sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. So, and and you just got to feel a little bit for Nunes there. But there's certainly no real complaints from him. There's certainly no situation where I'm looking at letting him go. He comes in, he does a job for me. He offers me something different. I thought the switch to the left-hand side really opened the game up for us and pinned them back a little bit because we started getting them on the ball a little bit. He started carrying a little bit more of a threat. And, and I just know that he's there. I, I know that he's a, he, he is something that opposition don't like dealing with. No opposition defender likes dealing with the pure pace that he's got. And whether he will become a finisher, you know, an elite finisher, that remains to be seen. But if this is the type of play that we've got in Nunes, you can work with that. My God, you can work with that because there's so much there to use and so much there to like. It's not like we've got fucking Barini 2.0. You've got a, <laughs> a very good player who's got a lot of danger for opposition. It's just about, it's just about unlocking that other side that maybe we didn't think we were going to have to unlock when we first bought them. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with what you're saying. And I think, he, just before I get Mike's opinion, if you thought he was going to come into this team and score 30 goals, I would say that's on you and not Darwin Nunes. Because I think what Mo Salah has done to a lot of fans, and Haaland has recently as well, I think they've made people think getting 30 goals, like, you know, if you're, if you're half decent, you can go and get those numbers. It's not normal to get 30 goals a season. Um, 25 is a fantastic season. That, that, that's an amazing season for a forward. Anything more than that is absolutely sensational. So he was never going to come in and get 30 goals. I always said 20 in all comps over the first year, second year, maybe 25. And I said, if he doesn't get 20 this season, then maybe we do have to start asking questions. But Mike, I think Tom makes some good points there. And I've always said this. Yes, he needs to score more chances, but we do look more threatening when Darwin's on the pitch than if he isn't, don't we? We we do. And I, I I might be a bit off. I'm pretty sure he's got was it 16 goals and assists in total this season. It was eight goals, eight assists. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's correct. Um, Tom's my uh, stat man there at the back. He's giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> uh, but uh, so you know that's 
it's not a bad return by any means. And people will nitpick and say, well, how many of them assists were for Salah? I don't care. He assisted the goal. He set it up. And I'd say the majority of those assists were good passes as well. Um, the only, my, my biggest issue with him is the fact that, yeah, listen, I'm not expecting him to score 25 goals. I, I actually texted a, a, a friend that we all have in common uh, during the game uh, and said, listen, I, I give up. Uh, oh, it was Lila. I just texted Lila during the game and oh. said, I give, I give up on Darwin Nunes. And it was <laughs> the that, that, listen, it was complete hyperbole and it was just a reaction in the moment. I don't go on the timeline for it most times, but I um, what well, it was the moment where he's gone through on goal and he's played that pass to Diaz, which wasn't good. I agree that, you know, with Darwin, you know, it's a little bit of luck. And, you know, I agree with Ben. Part of me was like, why don't you just go alone? But if you're playing that pass, at a, as a 65, 75, 85, whatever we paid for a million pound striker, you've got to at least get it nearer. It was it was really poor. It was really poor. And the other opportunity that really frustrated me was when it dropped to him uh, after the corner, Jota's headed it against crossbars, landed at his feet, hit, hit the target. Even if you hit a man, hit the target. He's uh, it's, it's frustrating. Cause I, obviously, I know the Klopp mentioned the other day about him seeing the... Um, Potentially, the uh, comments on social media have distracted him, which you know, which is completely fair, and I, I think people take it too far on social media all the time in regards to everything. Um, but but for me, it's uh, he does need to do better in front of goal, regardless, and that's that's the main critique I have of him. And I agree. Listen, we we've misprofiled him. We haven't signed a goal scorer, and the impact he makes in a game is only comparable to Salah, really, in that front three in terms of the impact of when he's on the pitch. Because, you know, we use the word chaos. But Ben White didn't want to deal with him today. And he was phenomenal out on the left for the most part of the game. But if it weren't for the own goal, which then subsequently led to the second goal, we would all be looking back at that Diaz moment going, he's 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 cost us there. And there's been a few moments this season where, you know, you could argue that he has been liable for that. So I don't want a, I don't expect a massive uptick in goals from him. But I do expect at least... Or not expect. I would. I would want to expect another fifteen goal contributions before the end of the season. So that would land him on thirty goal contributions, thirty-one goal contributions for the season. Which is very good. Yeah. Which which is very good, but also considering the positions he gets in and the quality he, I know he has. <laughs> we all know he has. That should be the target. If he hits thirty goal co- contributions, they could all be assists. I don't care. They, he could not score for the rest of the season. I wouldn't be happy about it. But if the rest of them would assist, I'd also go, fucking hell, he's Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Uh, sorry for the language. Um, but it, that, that's what I'm expecting. I'd, 15 or 14 more hit 30 goals and assists for the season. No one can have any complaints. Because otherwise, we'll get to the end of the season. And unfairly, partly unfairly, people will blame him for any shortcomings that we have this season. I say partly unfairly because we don't know what may happen. But... And that's my that's my take on Darwin. 100% agree what you're saying. We, uh, we could win the quad and people were blaming them. Let's be honest. We could win the quad and people were blaming because they go, oh, you could win them by more points. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this is the, this is the thing, Tom. I, one thing I, I can't wrap my brain about is I hear people go, if it weren't for Darwin, being so much better position. I would argue if it weren't for Darwin, we wouldn't be here. But that's that's my, you know what I mean? If, if, it, weren't for, if it weren't for Nunes, you've got to take away 16 goal contributions. Yeah. And you don't know what state Might of the game points. those arrived in. Yeah, like, I, it, it, it's a big yeah. amount though. And you think about the Newcastle yeah. game in general. If that Newcastle game feels like a moment in this season, you know what I mean? It feels like an, a very it's a catalyst. Hundred percent a catalyst. 
that, yeah. that was the that first moment where you sat there and looked at the squad and went, ooh, mm. they were yeah. a little bit now. That that, yeah. that mentality is there now. That, that They know there's mm-hmm. something there. And it's almost... I, I do expect more from Nunes, but I can afford... Not afford to, but I can accept him not being the best finisher in the world when I've got two of the best in the Premier League who can yeah. finish it. Mm-hmm. And that he is inevitably creating for... It it's just so it, if he if he what if he was missing all these chances and then not creating anything on the side it'd be a completely different argument. But yeah, I agree. He creates about what he misses, so you it's don't really lose anything. It's worth mm-hmm. it. I, I I don't get how you, you can get annoyed at him, but I don't see how people can dislike him yeah. in that sense. I, yeah, because he, he offers his team a lot. And contrary to my text, I don't actually give up on Darwin. That was a reactionary <laughs> comment during Listen, the game. We all, we, all, we all say crazy things during the games. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know what? We all say said, crazy things after the game. Can I say this before you say what Bay said? I, I texted that hoping I was going to jinx it so my next text could have been, I'm reinvested. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> and I sent that text and Darwin was going to score a worldie. But there you go. Go on. <laughs> Lars Flowers says, I knew we would be a different side in the second half. Jota's arrival and Klopp's tactical rejig did, Arte- did for Arteta and he couldn't try as he might regain control. And this win uh, should carry a moral boost, a sizable magnitude and could. He crosses his fingers and toes, propellers to further heights and even better displays. A mouth-wandering, mouth-watering prospect, me think, look. I said it full time. I tweeted it out. Big up Lars Flowers, by the way. Drop a like and uh, subscribe if yeah. you have not pretty sure you have anyway you've been in the exactly yeah. Been yeah. um if you are on youtube by the way please drop it a like if you're on twitter drop a retweet or a like do what you need to do um we are mm-hmm. going to start doing these on both platforms every week now just widens the audience a bit um i tweeted at the end of the the game uh i, I quoted a tweet that i put, put out a few days ago where i said we've got two big domestic cup games this season we've got arsenal away in the fa and then the uh, carabao cup on Wednesday, and if we win them both, we are genuinely looking at what could be a special season. Uh, and I stand by it. I do have a feeling that this will be a special season. You know, I think the days of this Liverpool side um, just not really being good enough, but getting by with wins, they they could start to fizzle out now. And especially as we get to the business end, I think the standards will go up, and I think Klopp will demand more from his players um, to maybe not be as you know uh, loose on the ball and stuff like that. So I think, you know, the improvements are going to be made very soon and we are just going to go from strength to strength. That's how I feel. That's how confident I am when I see these boys playing on the football pitch together. It's like, this ain't just a team. This is, and it sounds like Dom Toretto from Fast and Furious, but this is a family. Like, these guys would genuinely do anything for each other. You see when Trent got done uh. when he came on, Canate was there straight away. Canate was like, nah, that's not happening on my watch. You can get past my friend. You're not getting past me. And that's mm-hmm. no, you know, I'm not disrespecting Trent. In fact, that's what I'm going to go on to next. Um, but Martinelli does sometimes get the better of Trent. And look, Martinelli, he might not score the goals, but with the ball at his feet, Backline. he is Backline. incredible. And, um, you know, as soon as he came on today, he showed that. But uh, we're going to talk about Trent before we move on to how we think, you know, Liverpool can build on this in the future. It's going to read out some stats. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold versus Premier League fullbacks per 90 in 23-24. Long passes, he's first. Through passes, he's first. Forward passes, he's first. Uh, progressive passes, he's first. Passes into the final third, he's first. Passes to the penalty area, he's first. Shot assist, second. I don't know what that means. Progressive pass accuracy, second. Shots, third. Average pass length, third. Key passes, fourth. 
And then I put this tweet out at the end of the game, simply stating I've run out of objectives to describe how good this man is at football. So we'll just go with special. And I think that is the only word. In fact, there's another generational that you can use to describe this man. Um, Again, I tweeted out a clip when I was on the terrace two years ago. And I was urging people to stop with this right-back debate. Stop talking about Trent with the Reese James and the Kyle Walkers and the Kieran Trippett. Just please, just don't entertain it. Don't get into that trap. Don't give rival fans what they want to hear. This man, our vice captain, the captain for today, is one of the best football players on the planet. Not in the Premier League, not one of the best right-backs. He's one of the best football players on the planet. And the, the man oozes in class. There was, that, there was that situation where the ball comes to him under pressure, He starts dribbling with the ball in the box with Arsenal players all around him, gets down into like where the right-hand side corner flag is. And then I think he's, well, I thought at the time he was just clearing his lines, but he somehow turns it into a wonderful pass. And it's like, he's so relaxed. He's so calm under pressure. His technique is a joke. His confidence, his leadership has just gone up a whole new level. And I feel like I'm saying this, Tom, at the end of every single show, every podcast we do, this man, is special and he's only 25 and the, the, the height he can go to and the heights he could take this Liverpool team to are so scary because like I said Tom he is generational and he's one of the best football players in the world isn't he he has been the best player in the Premier League for, since December undoubtedly that there's that, that it is a clear divide between him and the second best no player is more influential in the Premier League in the past month in terms of winning games for their team. Defensively, stupid narrative that he can't defend. He's been perfectly fine with it. Attacking-wise, a, a right-back should not play the passes that he plays. A right-back should not be as good as he is. A right-back should not nearly score from the corner flag. On the opposite side, carrying it back across. You know that it's, it's not normal what this man does. I'm loving when he's getting in the centre now. I think in the last couple of games, he's been doing a lot more of a, I think I call it a quarterback role, where he sits in between the two centre-backs and just starts pinging the long balls, and they are perfect every single time. Not only is he ridiculous at passing like that, he is consistent with it. It's not flashing the pans. It's not one comes off, three misses. It's If he's playing five passes, pretty much all five are coming off. If he's playing ten passes, nine out of the ten are coming off. Like He is an absolute joke. Set pieces... I mean, today he won us that game with the set piece. Such a dangerous ball. I've played at centre back. When when a ball like that comes in, <laughs> it is your it is your biggest nightmare. You don't know whether to come or go, especially with a goalkeeper like Ramsdale in goal, who I don't think is very commanding. Allison would have come out and claimed that and would have made it clear that he was claiming that. Ramsdale probably hasn't. That's why there's been a panic at the back. That's why I think if you watch the replay, poor Diogo Jota gets squished between about four of them because none of them know what to do. Um but no, Trent is just an he's a phenomenon. And I've seen all this stuff the last couple of days about oh, 80 million to Real Madrid. 80 million doesn't get you through the foot. 80 million does not get you through the door, mate. No. 80, no. 80 million does not cover the entry fee for, for discussions about Trent Alexander Arnold. That man is here to stay. He loves it at the club. Got, you know, one of the best managers, if not the best manager in the world, the best fans. He's the vice captain. He's got a clear pathway to being captain. With a squad that is set to look ready to compete at the top for years to come. There's absolutely zero reason why you leave his boy or club. And 
if he, if if this is bear in mind, he's still actually learning this role, I feel. I still think there's parts <laughs> of it which he's still got to get better. If this still isn't the best trend that we've got, the league is in trouble when he's got it down even further because yeah. there's no one more influential. I know KDB gets mentioned. Trent is our KDB, but he doesn't get anywhere near the credit KDB gets. Yeah, Mike, how do you follow on from that, mate? <laughs> yeah, look, I can't really follow on from that. He's just giving a great speech. Uh, it's what Tom's great, that way. He can go on the monologue and I'll sit here and go, right, okay, so I'll repeat the points with a bit of a stutter. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, listen, Trent, Trent is... Uh, I, I Will probably be our player of the season, depending on what Mo Salah does. It'll be probably tight between the pair of them. Van Dijk as well. Is, that's fine. You know, that, that's what it is. Honestly, because Allison has, hasn't had too much to do the last month, I actually feel like he might fall out of contention if, uh, depending on well, how well <laughs> we keep defending. Um, that, that clip will come back to haunt me, won't it? But uh, I listen, I, <laughs> I think Trent is a very special player. I do think he's got better defensively. I think he is still learning the role. And I don't think this is the best version of Trent by a long way still. I think there's a long, long way for him to go, which is exciting. I think there will or there could come a, a, a point where we transition him into midfield fully. I feel like that is the plan. Um, this system we're playing currently feels like, I don't know, even though it's working so well, it still feels almost makeshift. Um, I think it works wonderfully, but I don't think it's the long-term thing. I think it is to move Trent to midfield eventually. Um, Connor Bradley made a great uh, cameo right back, and I think Connor Bradley's definitely oh. one to... Keep keep an eye on it. But I, I've been saying that for a while. I'm a big fan of Conor Bradley. I'm not saying by any means he'll become our starting right back, but I can see Trent transitioning fully into midfield at some point. Um, I think there could come a point where we are talking 25, 30 goal contributions a season from him, uh, just off like you know goals and assists from himself. Uh, he's 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 clinical. He's lethal. He's near enough an all round player. He's 24, 25 now, and as I say, you're talking peak for him. Probably is going to be between. He's 28 and 32, so we still got a while to go. Um, as long as he looks after himself, which he does. Yeah, mm. I can't, I can't, I can't see him going anywhere either. So like people talk about Real Madrid. All right, you're gonna need, need to pay mm. about 300 million and, and the rest. Like I, I don't, I don't see. It. He's a scouser, our Liverpool fan. Uh, he's the future captain of the club, and I think he's. Uh, I think when he retires, if he continues on the uh, the trajectory he's on, he'll leave a. He'll leave a better legacy than Gerard by a substantial yeah. way. And I think that might I don't know if that's a bold shout still, but I, I do believe that. Tom. Um Gerard's a tough one because Gerard is Gerard embodies I'm not saying Trent doesn't do this, but Gerard and the teams that he played in embody what it means to be a scouser for large parts. That great that determination, that underdog status. Trent, I, I I've said it for a while now. A lot of the players in this team are going to have greater Premier League legacies than Steven Gerrard. They're going to be they're going to have greater legacies as footballers. But in terms of taking, in terms of jumping into you know fandom levels, especially in the city within, within the city, right? Go on. Trent, Trent, he can do it, but it, he is going to have to do a lot. I feel, and that's yes. not a knock on Trent. That's just because no, no. Stevie G done so much with Charlie Adam and Jay Spearden. <laughs> and, and and plays like that. Trent has done a, an awful lot, but he's had a very good team around him. And I, I I do agree with your point. Should we should he get should he lead us, especially when he becomes captain to two Premier Leagues, two Champions Leagues? You know that, that argument is one hundred percent going to be made. 
Yeah. I just feel that when you're looking at how it feels as a scouser, I feel it'll just be a case where they go, yeah, Trent's a better player, but Stevie, what he, what Stevie done is it's, it's, it's on like a separate argument sort yeah. of thing. I think the the, the 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 main pushback with it is, like you said there, when Gerard was at Gerard's best level, you could all probably argue it was with the worst team, uh, which which isn't ideal. You know, Gerard was probably in his prime when he was playing off Torres, Rafa, you know, fantastic manager, but you could probably argue in a more offensive team or more expansive team, Gerard could have even done better. Um, so it's, it's it's one of them. Listen, I, th- I think Gerard obviously is the best player I've ever seen play for Liverpool at the moment, um, but. If Trent continues doing what he does, I I, re- I really do think he'll end up being even even within the city because I, I you know half my family are scouts is I, I speak about it on a regular basis with them because that you know they're all the same but I I just feel like it's a conversation that could be had. I'm not saying it will be had by any means because there's a lot of things that have to happen for that to fall in line. But he has all the, he has all the attributes to be the first scouter since Gerard to be in that conversation. Oh, what? Yeah. What I would say is obviously the, the, the young generation coming through now, so from like when you first start watching football, so say, well, it could be any age, I guess, but say the average is like seven or eight when you first really start to, you know, take a big interest until like 22, 23, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have remembered Gerard at his prime, obviously. So what I would say on the back of this discussion is Stevie was ours and then I think Trent is the one for this generation. Like, yeah, that's fair. Two, two generations. Um, and the fact that we're comparing them, two players from the same city, the same club, the same academy, mm. you know, it just it just shows that when one goes, we can't produce another one. And I think Trent was even at the academy. There was there's one picture, I think. Um, it's quite a rare thing. I don't see this picture very often. But no, I think it was a champion, games. Tom. Yeah, no, it was it was a, champion, a mascot as it was well. a European game. Um, he's a ball boy. And he's in a, it, nah, he, I'm, I'm on about a different one. He's in a training bib. He's on. He's in the squad. It could be pre. Oh, well, when they him. when they were training at the Bernabeu, when they when they were training at the Bernabeu, that's it. And yeah. Trent travelled so with Trent's the squad to train. And, yeah, Gerald's there. That's the one I'm on about. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was it was when so, Trent was like it, 15, I think, and like that's it, it, yeah, that's when you have these European away days, you can only take a lot of the squads to just train because you'd have bigger benches yeah. back then. So. Yeah, I remember that. When I look at Trent, I just see a footballer who has no right to be as good as he is. Yeah, what? I don't think he's as complete as Gerard. I don't think he'll ever be as complete as Gerard, but that is because Stephen Gerard was, for me, the most complete footballer in the Premier League for the past decade. In fact, now 20 years, probably. You know, I, I think the Premier League will be hard done by to find a player as complete as Stevie G. But Trent excels where Stevie G doesn't. Trent is genuinely, for me, the best in the world at creating from deep. I don't mm. think... that I, I, I struggle to put many others above that. As you get further forward, obviously, that's where you put your KDBs and, and etc. But from inside our defence and in that DM area, I don't see a player creating anywhere near the amount of dangerous opportunities as Trent does. And he does it yeah. so consistently. And he's adding to that defensive side of his game, which never was really bad, but... You know, pe- people run that as if it's now good. He's a good defender. The last thing I'd say on it is a huge credit needs to go to Pep Linders and Klopp for the tactical switch that has allowed Trent not only to transition into it, but the movement of the front lot and the coaching of the front lot to make him not look good, but to allow... Give him the Trent options. Give him the options to play to, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's incredible coaching. It really is. And, like, people would be able to talk about the coaching side of it 
we've absolutely nailed. So, you know, credit to the coaching staff for that. I, I think Pep Lynn, this will be the most happy out of anyone because he gets to keep this year's wages. Mike, I need to ask you something just real quick. I did privately message you, but you're on your phone, aren't you? Does it give you the option to end the stream top right? Uh, no. I can't end I the stream, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess leave? we're going then. I guess we're just gonna, it's Go an endless push. stream, people. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we're, we're almost done anyway. We're almost there. Um, we're almost for it. But um, we're, we're going to pick. We're going to pick him up from. The, my brother went to the game, so we're going to pick him up from the train station. Um, uh, we can end the stream now. Minutes, if you so. like. No, no. Let's just let's just talk about this. I told me dad to wait, so he, he can. Wait. <laughs> um, oh, he's poor drank. He's poor drank. <laughs> Oh, let's that. just talk about this quickly uh i hang on before <laughs> I, I i did want to just quickly say before we do move on to that why is that so zoomed in i don't like that um i did just no. want to say trent's contract anyone discussing this anybody that's worried that he's not going to sign any deal sort your life out please you know this is the most relaxed i've ever been about a, a contract renewal he's the vice captain it's his boyhood club he absolutely loves this team this is his club and he's not going anywhere he's gonna he's gonna become one of the club's highest earners and that those kind of contracts naturally take a long time. You know, I, I believe his brother's his agent. He's got to have those meetings with him and the club. It's going to come. He's going to be on about 300 grand a week, maybe just shy. I don't know. But um, yeah, these contracts don't happen overnight. He's going to sign a new deal. He's going to be here for his whole career. Exactly. There's no need to mention anything else. But um, just quickly ending the stream, uh, we've got Fulham on Wednesday night in the first leg of the semi-final. Uh, we got Bournemouth away, and then we got Fulham again. Then we got Chelsea and Arsenal. Uh, Mike, just short and sweet, coming to you. I've mm. said to my brother, we've had this conversation. If we can get past this Arsenal game and still be top of the league, you're not going to agree with what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because I can and I say what I want. It's ours. Jesus Christ. If we get past sure. the Arsenal game away from home and we're still top of the league, you better get those red ribbons out. I'm clipping this myself and I'm putting it in, in the in the bookmarks. Give if we are top of the league after that Arsenal game, get the red ribbons out, get that bus out that you used for the, the, for the amount a couple of stuff years ago. We all see on Twitter the audacity of you, man. I, I love you, Ben. Ben, I absolutely love you. I'm Tom, believing. But in February, to sit there and go, the league is ours is arrogant. If we're top of the league after that Arsenal game. Fans can live alone. If we're at top of the league after that Arsenal game. It's it, poor. All right, man. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, man. Clip it yourself. I don't mind it. I back you. I'm a Liverpool fan. I want us to win the league. Of course I do. But saying it's ours in February, as someone about poor ranking, I think we're the same age. I don't see it. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. Okay, then. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say by February, but if you just scroll down a little bit and you get to Man City at home, whenever that go. is, That's the, the March. Nine days into March, what's the difference between then and February? No, no, but the, the point is, I, I don't think Arsenal are title rivals anyway. Like, they, no. they're, they're just they're, they're gonna be battling Tottenham and then man. The big one for me is if you can, if you're three points ahead of City and then you beat City, yeah, I'm with you, yeah, I'm with you. Tom Froze, Tom Frozen, Tom Froze, uh, Tom Froze. I'll take Tom's his point, froze. <laughs> I'll take his point on. Listen, go back to the league. They go back to the uh, games. Listen, if we're three points clear after the City game, that's, you know, six points clear actually after the City game, that's how I'll have the conversation with you, mate. I'll be right with you. 
what I expect from the next couple of games, this is going to be a tough run of games. It's going to be a very tough run of games. All right. Bournemouth away, not easy. Fulham, two, two semi-finals. Fulham put on a masterclass against Arsenal. You don't know what to expect there. I'm going the game on Wednesday. I'm, I'm praying. I am. Where you sat? Oh, go on. Um, lower, Cop. lower Annie. Ah, uh, what's you then? Ah, uh, where are you? Cop three or five. All right, like go on. You better not have just put out filming the all game. What? Nah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> all right, I might. I am gonna have to leave it there because my dad is no shouting that we need to go now because his trainers about to pull in. So, guys, no if you're watching on YouTube, smash a like, subscribe to the channel. If you're watching on Twitter, thank you very much for sticking with us. We'll be back. We'll probably do the show on Thursday because obviously me and Mike are going to be at the game mm -hmm. and we're going to want to speak on it. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Take care and uh, goodbye for now. Guys. See you later. Right. Sports Social Podcast Network.